Super Talk Mississippi media production. I'll pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, glad you're with us for another edition of the Eagle Hour. Good afternoon to everybody. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Opening segment of the Eagle Hour, and we always say hello to our good friends at Dickey's Barbecue Pit. We think it's the best barbecue in the land. Here in Hattiesburg, they're open seven days a week. drive through, take home, delivery. Uh, or you can dine in. Surely there's a Dickies near you, and uh, next time you have a hankering for barbecue, make sure it's Dickies. Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun Herald will be joining us later in the show, but I want to get right to our first guest. We are glad to have Dr. Mark Horn back from South Central Regional Medical Center. Hadn't been, uh, hadn't been connecting with Dr. Horn much over the last few weeks. And Dr. Horn, since we've last talked, uh, we discussed with you, and we had a lot of debate on uh, this show about uh, how wise was it to try to conduct fall sports, college, and high school football. Well, the decisions were made. Uh, the games moved forward. Uh, and the COVID-19 numbers are today over 1,300. Yesterday, almost 800. In every measurable statistic, uh, it appears that the uh, spread of COVID-19 is back on the rise again here in Mississippi. First question, is this related to uh, the playing of high school and college football around the state? I'm not aware of definitive evidence that proves causality, proves that one caused the other. However, it's a very reasonable, since we know how this disease spreads, and since we know that having large gatherings with a lot of people, uh, particularly when they don't wear masks, since we know that is a prime way to spread this disease, then it's reasonable to believe that it's uh, that is a contributing factor and may be a, a primary factor. It'll take the Department of Health a bit of time to do some contact tracing and figure that out. Hopefully, they'll be able to do so. Um, they can trace some of these outbreaks to, uh, well, I, I do know for a fact that in the, the uh, high schools, they're tracing a lot of this, the outbreaks in schools, not to classrooms but to after-hours uh, uh, elective things like sporting events or other gatherings. That seems to be in the schools, the high schools, where it's happening. So it would make sense for that to happen in the colleges. We know that in colleges uh, these uh, fraternity parties and other large gatherings have, have been sites for outbreaks and super spreader events. So, yeah, it, it is intuitively correct. We'll wait for the data. As a doctor, if you had the if you had the authority today to make a decision on moving forward, would you stop all of this type of activity until this could be back under control, or, or would you just have the philosophy this is not the only factor, therefore we just need to cope with it? Well, so it's an interesting question. So I guess if if I put my blinders on and all I am is a doctor and the entire, you know, it's like if the only tool I have is a hammer, the whole world looks like a nail sort of scenario. Um, 
then I probably would do that. Uh, I'm sympathetic to people saying we have to live and we have to do, and I, I personally do some things, but there, I think it's better since those decisions have been made. I, since I'm not a politician and the politicians are the ones who get to make these decisions about do we or don't we have mandates and what are the rules on the road. Within those mandates and rules, I think it is incumbent upon each and every one of us as responsible adults to make responsible adult decisions. Just because the speed limit says 75 doesn't mean I have to drive 75 if the road conditions are not safe for doing so. Just because the governor does not say I have to wear a mask doesn't mean I shouldn't wear a mask. Just because they say you can go to a football game and there's going to be X number of thousands of people there, and there's going to be uh, close contacts that you don't have to. doesn't mean I have to. I should make good decisions, and that's what I tell my kids. That's what I practice personally. And so uh, I guess that's the best way I have of answering that. All right, Luke, get in here with Dr. Mark Horn. Dr. Horn, what about uh, how have you perceived, because we had not talked to you in, in several weeks, how have you perceived since uh, possibly the mask mandate came off or because sports has been implemented, how have you perceived maybe the mental uh, aspect of it, people sliding back into some sort of normality of life? I mean, is that a positive, what you perceived? Uh, it's not positive that people have uh, started. It, my personal observation and uh, just what I've seen has been that people are becoming less rigorous about wearing a mask. You got to remember, I work in healthcare. We still do it. I mean, we are rigorous about it. We have been since early March, and we will continue to be rigorous about the wearing of masks in uh, all circumstances at work. And heck, if I just walk outside, uh, if I leave my home and I'm going to be around anybody, I have a mask on, whether there's a mask mandate or not. So in healthcare, we understand this. But yes, I've seen a lot of people slipping, and it's very discouraging because we know what that means. Uh, we know that that's going to mean more cases. What about um, the with the CDC when they released the actual death rate to COVID-19? I believe it was in early October. 0 to 19, somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, 0.003, 20 to 49, 0 0.02, 50 to 69, uh, half of a percent. And then, of course, you know, it's like 5% among those that are higher. What? How do we balance that out? Because I feel like the question I just asked you was, when words started getting out what the CDC said with the death rate, and I'm not challenging at all, doctor. I mean, sure. the reason we bring you on is because we respect your opinion. But how much of that is it where – is there a segment to it where people were saying, well, we, you know, it's maybe a good thing we, we reacted the way we did. At the same token, the, the death rates don't show that this is like a, you know, a, maybe as catastrophic as people thought. I'm just saying that's the sentiment that the public is thinking. So it's interesting, and I find that fascinating. We don't segment our society by age cohorts like that, do we? Do we really have? segments of our society that are just within those age bands and they don't ever interact with anybody else? That's kind right. of a fascinating approach to things. From a science standpoint, it's how we have to look at it. So the data is the data. It's accurate, I believe. And it, what it shows is that for younger uh, uh, adults and children, it's really not as it, it can be, we, I can tell you personally of, of really negative cases, bad outcomes, and even deaths. 
but it's not so bad in them that we should upturn the entire world for those data. But then we do have other people that are a bit older and who are at greater risk. And since we don't age cohort our entire society in that manner, there's no way to keep those younger people who are going to do well who have COVID from spreading it to the older people. And, and unless we tell everybody over 65 to go and live in a cave for the next year, what are you going to do? So what we're going to do is, as a society, we care about each other, whether we're in that age cohort or not. Um, I love to keep coming back to analogies like this because I think it helps. Just because I'm Mario Andretti and I know how to drive a car really fast doesn't mean if I get on the road I can drive as fast as I'm capable of driving when the speed limit is 55. There are other people out there who are not nearly as good as I am who aren't as he is, and it creates a problem. So because we live in a group with younger people who are at less risk and older people who are at greater risk, we have to take care of each other. Good point. All right, 90 seconds left. The holidays are just around the corner. <clears throat> we're, we're entering the, the last half now of October. Uh, and, and yesterday, Dr. Fauci said people need to rethink the holidays. Are we to that point, Dr. Horn, that we have to rethink how we enjoy the holidays with our family members? If your goal, like mine, is to reduce every reducible risk, then the answer is yes. I can reduce the risk of me giving something to somebody I care about or of me getting it from people that care about me by altering our normal routines for this season. It's not going to be forever. But during this pandemic, this once-in-a-century pandemic, it's super important that we suspend our – that we – check our emotions, and think logically through things. So I'm not saying you can't have any gatherings, but you've got to be very careful about how you conduct them and what happens. So, yes, I think we all need to review how we're going to do our holidays. All right, Doctor. Unfortunately, we're out of time. Don't be gone so long this time, okay? We've got to, <laughs> got to make sure we get you on more frequently. Uh, we miss you. Well, uh, and I miss you guys. It's just been kind of crazy uh, between this and state medical. So I uh, look forward to talking to you again. Fully understand, Doctor. We're always grateful for your, for your time. Dr. Mark Horn, everybody. Thanks, the, Doc. Director of Medicine, South Central Regional Medical Center. Very active in the medical community throughout the state of Mississippi. A, go-to source when it comes to COVID-19. We're grateful, uh, grateful for his participation in the Eagle Hour. All right, back to sports. Patrick McGee next, Biloxi Sun Herald. Stay with us. To the, top. to the top, you're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Welcome back to the Eagle Hour. Thanks to Mark Horn, Dr. Mark Horn, of course, for joining us in the first segment. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. Great place to buy your Southern Miss apparel. They're open six days a week on Hardy Street. Of course, you can go online, pick out your swag, and have it delivered right to your door, campusbookmark.net. 
Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun-Herald on the Eagle Hour. Patrick, we were talking before we came on, and we kind of tipped you off to the fact we had talked to Dr. Mark Horn. And uh, you said something very fascinating to me about we may play football, but it may not be a good ending. You want to elaborate on that? Yeah, you kind of get to a point where you're playing games for the sake of playing games. I mean, you see the Sunbelt and Conference USA have already moved back their uh, championship games uh, just to make room for games to be uh, played later on. And you just hope they can kind of get to that point. I mean, we're not even at the midway point of the season, and we're already pushing back championship games. And it's kind of hard to see the COVID issues fading when it's apparent really nationwide in Mississippi and places like Wisconsin, uh, Florida, you see the numbers really ramping up. So it's going to be difficult uh, for teams to really stay on the field and, and not you know be dealing with some type of exposure. So uh, each week we see more games getting postponed or called off. And, you know, I, I don't see that slowing down. So, you know, you get your football games in when you can and you play when you can. But uh, the second half of the season is probably going to be more difficult than the first half. All right. Well, one that we think is going to be played is Saturday night when Southern Miss goes out to uh, uh, play uh, the Miners of El Paso. And, uh, you know, Luke brought up a good point. How in the world are the Golden Eagles favored by six points, Patrick? Yeah, that's that's, that's a little surprising. I mean, I, I guess really the uh, Vegas isn't buying uh, what you know UTEP has done so far. You know, they've only got two wins over F- FCS teams and a win over Louisiana Monroe which may be the worst team in FBS this season. So uh, it may be they're just not buying the, the fact that UTEP has really beaten anybody worth a darn, not that <laughs> Southern Miss has beaten a very good North Texas team, but I think maybe Southern Miss, they see them scoring the ball and having a little momentum with, uh, behind Scotty Walden. But, yeah, it's interesting. Maybe they know something we don't because uh, UTEP's <laughs> played pretty good football. I watched that Tech game last Saturday, and right. I was fairly impressed with their defense. So right. I right. think it's going to be a game where Southern Miss isn't going to have that much you know, they can maybe get to 24, 28 points, uh, but they're going to have to to win it. All right, Luke? I thought we talked to uh, John Teicher yesterday. He's the play-by-play voice for UTEP. And, you know, what I, what I think UTEP's going to do, I heard you were on that press conference earlier in the week with what Kubik said. Seems like they're going to try to take away the pass game early and just drop guys in back into coverage and force Southern Miss to run the football. I feel like that's what's going to happen. How does, though, Patrick, Tim Jones probably coming back, how does it affect a defensive approach like that from UTEP? Well, it's certainly uh, something UTEP's got to prepare for. I mean, that's, you know, he's far and away their best receiver. Uh, you know, you've got more production out of those other guys, but you know, Abraham really trusts him. And they're probably going to try to zero in on him in, in a kind of a weird way not having him last few weeks could help make Southern Miss a little bit you know harder to gain, prepare for considering you've had some big plays the Brownlee and Demarcus Jones has become more established but uh, you put Tim Jones out there uh, he's a game changer he's the best receiver they've got you know he can uh, he can help in a lot of different ways going deep or catching tough passes over the middle or just uh, just being that security blanket that Jack always likes to have so uh, if you put Tim Jones out there, that makes Southern Miss a lot more uh, difficult to prepare for. Uh, and if that ground game can maybe produce a little against UTEP, which I think is going to be difficult. UTEP is pretty darn tough up, t- up front. Uh, so Jack Abraham's going to have to have a big game on Saturday. 
How important is it also to get the tight ends back involved? Uh, it looks like Driver will probably be out again this game with with his ankle yeah. injury. But you know, Gunner is Gunner has really good skill set, and and I've heard mm-hmm. Matt Kubik say a few times that they've got to get him more touches, they got to get him more looks. You know, if if you double up Brownlee or Jones, somebody's going to be open across the middle or you know down the hash, and it seems like Gunner might be one of those guys. Yeah, I, I know Gunner had a, a drop or two there early in the season where maybe, you know, it made Jack not a little bit less likely to go to him, but he really does have to work him into the offense, the passing game. Uh, that'll take some strain off the outside and kind of soften him up in the middle of the field uh, on defense. So I, I think uh, it would be key to get him going. I mean, he's a big, tall target, and if he can get him going, get him a little confidence in catching the football. Uh, the, you know, if Southern Miss is going to win games, it's really going to come via that offense and having an opportunistic defense. So, uh, right now, this this is a this is a week to where if Southern Miss is going to say get to that close to that six win mark this season, uh, they're going to have to start scoring uh, in bunches. And this this is going to be a tough one to score against because UTEP is pretty good. Yeah, they've really improved. I think they're the most improved team in the league so far, Patrick. Oh, yeah. I mean, they were rock bottom there for a couple of years, and to watch them play with Louisiana Tech the way they did last week, I was I was impressed. Uh, they've got big guys up front, guys that Southern Miss would love to be putting on their defensive front. So it's uh, it's it's a challenge. I wouldn't I I do not consider Southern Miss a favorite going out there. I had a guy ask me this question this week. I've been waiting for you, and and uh, Luke reminded me of this before we went on the air with you. Uh, we saw last week where USM hired two. Uh, Analyst, football analyst for the football team, and then we hear this week that Richard Williams has been hired as an assistant basketball coach. And the fan asked me, "Where are we getting the money?" Well, I mean, the uh, the the, uh, the uh, this, when you talk about Richard Williams, uh, he's not getting paid any state money. That's going to be money they're ra- they've raised to put together a little package to hire him. I guess among boosters, uh, people want to get him involved. Uh, but there's always money there for the analysts on the football side. That's that's baked into the budget. Uh, they they uh, uh, promoted Kelvin Bolden, who was an analyst, to a uh, full-time spot on the staff at receivers, uh, at least on an interim basis. And then they brought up uh, somebody there on, I think it was on the defensive side of the ball, too. An analyst put him on the staff. So that's where that money was. Uh, but, yeah, I think the money they have for Richard Williams, that's money they raised. What do uh, these analysts up. make, Patrick? Uh, it varies from uh, school to school. I, I'm not sure what they make at a Southern Miss, but I know uh, Buster Faulkner, who's at uh, Georgia now, I think he makes like around 180, I think. <laughs> and obviously that's it's not going to be anything close to that at, right. at uh, Southern Miss. So uh, it's, uh, you know. Good work if you can get might, it. It's a decent job to get. Yeah, yeah, I'd take it, wouldn't you? I'd take Buster Faulkner's position over there yes, in Georgia. Yes, and probably whatever they're paying with other business paying pay their analysts, I would take that as well. But, Luke, they're not going to call me, are they? Uh, they probably won't, and maybe it's your uh, negativity towards the, that. Anyway, uh, just kidding. So, um, big news for Southern Miss basketball. Of course, they, they start practice, but uh, Tyler Mormon, uh, a transfer from Wyoming, gets declared eligible, Patrick. Richard Williams uh, comes in, and longtime basketball, I mean, just – Everywhere he's gone, he's been crazy successful. Longtime friend of Jay Ladner, but I mean, realistically, as we look towards hoops, and we'll talk more about this. I mean, you you want to keep your your expectations, you know, in, in relative check. How how good could this team be this year? Well, 
I asked Jay the first question yesterday. I said, so y'all are winning conference, right? And he looked like he wanted to punch me whenever I asked him. So uh, <laughs> you don't want to – he doesn't want the standard – you know, he doesn't want the expectations set too high for this team because it is a bunch of guys that are going to be playing together really for the first time uh, with so many JUCOs and freshmen coming in. Uh, there's a lot that has to be established, and it's been an unconventional uh, off season. I think a lot of teams that have a lot of experience coming back are going to be kind of – that's going. They're, they're the teams that are going to have a little bit of edge this year, just because uh, they, they've worked together a lot. So there's a lot of things they're going to have to work uh, work out. Uh, Justin Johnson is coming off a, a meniscus uh, surgery, I think, like six weeks ago, but he's been cleared to practice uh, starting on starting this week. Uh, but yeah, I, I think you know if you look, you know, as Jay said, you know, this team looks the part. You know, stepping off the bus, they're going to look well. That's a Division One basketball team. When in the past, you know. Uh, you might think of you know a high school or a JUCO team stepping off the bus because you know you got nobody like taller than six six, uh, but this is a group that's really kind of built for Division One basketball. Uh, they've got much much better depth than they had a year ago in terms of guys that have had you know success as at both the JUCO and high school level. Uh, these aren't scrubs; they're guys that are expected to come in and play. And uh, I think I think this team has potential to be good, but that's but at the moment it's still just potential. That's exciting to hear, though, isn't it? I mean, he's just done a heck of a job recruiting. Right, and he had to be super aggressive. Uh, and he's found, you know, whether it's through the JUCO lane or going over to Estonia and getting a couple of guys. Uh, Jay's been really aggressive and, and doing the, and the best he can to really accumulate talent. And, I, I you know, it, we probably won't know how good this group is until next year, but this season it could be interesting. Yeah, I think it's going to be fun. All right, let's 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 hear Patrick McGee's prediction for the game Saturday night. And then in the about 30, 40 seconds we have left, I want to get your reaction to, to your Saints playing football in uh, Baton Rouge. But first, give us the game summary for Saturday night. Uh. I, you know, this is a again. I think UTEP is kind of getting better by the week. Uh, Southern Miss is still kind of battling through some depth issues at certain positions, like linebacker. Uh, I think we'll see UTEP run the ball uh, against Southern Miss, and I, I think we'll probably see uh, UTEP somewhere along the lines of like a twenty-seven to twenty-four win. Uh, you know, I see a competitive game, but I, I think. Uh, just the way things are going and how UTEP really hasn't had many COVID issues. Uh, Southern Miss has been battling through some of that at the moment. So I, I think UTEP wins at home probably, I would say, around 27-24. All right, real quickly, 15 seconds. The New Orleans Saints playing in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Is it going to well, happen? I think it's a good, yeah, I think it's a good idea just because it's an open-air stadium and it makes sense to kind of spread out the fans and bring some folks in. I, and it's a, bit, it's a better option at this point for fans than the Dome. I'm thinking they'll be pretty warmly received in Baton Rouge. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they played up there before, and I think it'll. I think it'll go over fine. All right, Patrick. Stay safe, brother. We'll talk to you next week. All right, thanks, guys. Patrick McGee, everybody from the Biloxi Sun Herald, the professor on the Eagle Hour. Kelly Sanders next. Southern Miss to the top. Back on a Thursday, glad to have you along on the Eagle Hour. Luke Johnson, Bob Getty from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and the Brick Paved Streets of beautiful downtown Laurel. Glad to have you along wherever you are. The third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by 4th Street 
Bar and Grill. If you didn't go eat there today, you missed pork chops, baked potato casserole, corn, toast, and a drink, and it was only eight ninety five. Mm. They will be showing the Braves tonight, and uh, Bravo's got to get back. They got, after winning those first two, man, they gave up fifteen runs in the first two innings last night. If you want to watch that, Fourth Street Bar and Grill will be showing that at seven o'clock tonight. Hattiesburg's premier neighborhood sports bar and grill, 4th Street Bar and Grill, located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg. Kelly John Sanner joins us now. Kelly, we were talking uh, with Patrick McGee, and just expand on it a little more. Eagles get another big man, Wyoming uh, transfer Tyler Mormon, declared uh, immediately eligible for the basketball team. They kicked off practice yesterday. Richard Williams now on board as a special assistant. And uh, just to follow up with what we were talking with Patrick, I mean, I think there's, there is a lot of excitement this year, not just because of what Jay Ladner's doing, but the guys that he's brought in. One of the things, I mean, the book on Mormon, so far in the fun, um, is that, that he really needs to put on some weight. I mean, he's 6'9", but he only weighs 220 pounds, which, you know, if you're six. You know, three or four, then, you know, 220, but six, nine. So he's, he's going to have to put some weight on. You can't, you can't, uh, you can't coach height, you know. So I think he'll be a, certainly a good addition, um, to the Southern Miss basketball squad. Meanwhile, you guys, you've seen, you've seen the COVID numbers in Mississippi now, the highest single day total in a couple of months now, as the state is reporting and the after effects are being felt. At the high school level, uh, high school games that have been canceled for tomorrow night include Pascagoula at Wayne County. That is a um, that is a district game, so that game has been postponed. West Harrison against Ocean Springs has not only been canceled, but the entire West Harrison football team. This is a this is a six A team now. West Harrison, the entire football team now on quarantine on quarantine because of a COVID outbreak. Forest County AHS against Summerall, those are our 4A teams. That game has been canceled. That game was scheduled to be played in Brooklyn. But the outbreak is on Summerall's side of the ledger. In fact, not just the football program at Summerall, but all sports at Summerall have now been sidelined because of COVID. They have completely shut the athletic program down at Summerall, no matter what the sport. The Atlanta Falcons, we, you know, we have four COVID positive tests, which means uh, they've shut their facilities down. Their game this Sunday is still scheduled to be played, but don't be surprised if it get, gets canceled. But again, the Atlanta Falcons have shut down their entire football facility. Meanwhile, the Mississippi Association of Community College Conference, they're getting their games in tonight, including Colin playing at Gulf Coast. That's the South Division matchup. It'll be Cahoma at Northeast. Itawamba plays at Northwest. East Central plays at Pearl River, where the Wildcats looking to get their um, first win for Coach Seth Smith. Jones will be at Hines. And then on Saturday night, Holmes will play at Delta. The school with the bye week this week in the MACCC is Southwest. And finally, you guys, kind of from the news slash sports department, the Aspen Institute is releasing a report today that is really kind of, um, it doesn't look good for the future of sports, at least for now, when it comes to youngsters. Five years ago, the Aspen Institute interviewed boys ages 13 to 15 about their interest in sports. They conducted that same interview just recently, and the interest level in sports in boys 13 through 15 years of age now is down nearly 30%. 
boys now age 13 to 15, almost one-third more boys in that age say they are not interested in sports in any way, shape, or form. So that's the way it looks from here, guys. Lots to lots to digest here today. Well, that's such a change. I, I remember me and my friends in that age group, that's really all we lived for was sports. I mean, that's really all we thought about was sports. But I'm going to tell you where I think the change has come. You guys can tell me if I'm just old and outdated. But it's social media and all these games that they play. And, you know, I'm a gamer and uh, – you know, instead of being a high school athlete, you're a gamer. And I just think that's what's happened. Yeah, electronics. And and I think there uh, – I'm sure there's some data out there, too, that indicates that's why we as a country are becoming um, more and more obese, you know, as time goes on, particularly with kids. Uh, a, lot, a lot of schools have, don't even have recess anymore, let alone physical education. Um so the more that kids are going to be sedentary, obviously that's not going to be good news. And for health care in the future, you know, heart disease and diabetes and all those sorts of things. Yeah, I, I found that those numbers shocking that in just five years, the number of kids saying that, that they're interested in sports, boys, they, now it was boys, they 13 to 15, but nearly a third lower than just five years ago. Now, Kelly, and, you know, were you like me? Do you remember being in, in junior high school in high school when you had P.E. class, when you went and put on your P.E. uniform, yes. and you had a P.E. teacher, and you worked out for an hour, basically. You did. And and then when you got home, it would be a game of uh, touch football or kick the can. Right. Or, you know, something like that where all the neighborhood kids would get, you know, would get together, and they'd just kind of create fun, you know. Right. Get a tennis ball and a broomstick, and you could play a little baseball, even if yeah, you didn't have it. Right. You have P.E. Uh, classes, Luke, when you were in high school and junior high? No, I had this uh, four-hour um, period called football. Well, I mean, we had that too, and, uh, but I'm saying, did you not have a P.E. class that you went to during the course of the day? Well, I guess if he was playing football, no, be- he wouldn't. No, because I had a bunch of other – yeah, I had a bunch of other, I mean, academic stuff. I had AP biology and AP history and English and all that. Yeah, that – the, they did have a PE class. I mean, it did exist, and they would go in the gym and yeah, yeah. shoot basketball or go outside and, and whatever. Yeah, but it wasn't mandatory. It was I got you. Well, not anymore. I guess they don't do that anymore, do they? I, I think part of it, too, is what it's also contributed to is the softening of the culture. Sports is the one is one of the few things in life that will teach you, teach kids – it, it provides. I should say it this way: It provides the youngest opportunity for adversity, and to work through adversity, a response to adversity. It teaches you that you are not number one in everything. It teaches you how to be a part of something that's bigger than yourself, and it teaches you when you have hurdles and difficulties come your way how to fight and work through them. We've created a culture now where people run from their problems; they don't walk through their problems. And what's going to, and we're seeing this now with, with the portal. Now, I'm not saying everybody that transfers is unwilling to, you know, walk through their difficulties, but what it does do is it allows people at the first sign of, well, I'm not accepted here, or, you know, I, it's a, I should say it, it's a, it's a difficult situation here. It's going to be a lot easier somewhere else. You can just turn around and, and run from that adversity. And 20, 30 years later, it produces a culture of people that just run from problems rather than try to attack them and overcome them. And one of the things that the Aspen report further noted was they felt that, that one of the one of the cancers dealing with youth sports in particular is the pay for play model that is going on now. You know, travel baseball, where if you're paying 
somebody two or three thousand dollars a year for your son or daughter to play baseball, they are entitled to play because they're paying. And even if they finish seventh, they should get a ring, a trophy, something um, where mediocrity continues to be rewarded, which they they thought is, is going to further plague sports. And it's really, when you look at it, you guys, that the general attendance, forget COVID, even going back last year and the year before, one of the things I've noted doing high school sports play-by-play for many years is that attendance is way down. And it's not, it's not just any school. It's, it's all of them. Attendance is, is way down. And you can't help but think, based on these results that the Aspen Institute is releasing today, that you really have to worry about the future of, uh, of high school sports, not tomorrow or yeah. the next year, but on down the road. Man, I can remember when Me. Friday night high school football game was the event in your town or in your community that you lived in. And and, know, and it still is in some places. No, it, it I'm really glad is. to hear. Yeah, I, mean, I think it is at West Jones. Am I right about that? Uh, yes, and and I would be interested to see where that Aspen, you know, where where the people in that came from. I, I know there's across the board there's there's a, a, a growing disinterest, but let me tell you tonight, no NFL football. There will be a college football game, Georgia State at Arkansas State, but an interesting game going to be on ESPN two guys. Isidore Newman High School in New Orleans will play Booker T. Washington tonight on ESPN2 at 8 o'clock. And someone who is not disinterested as a high schooler, Arch Manning. Cooper Uh-oh. Manning's son is the starting quarterback at Isidore Newman. That's pretty cool. I won't be able to watch it. I'll be on the Jones call at, at Hines up in Jackson. But you should tune in tonight at 8 p.m. and see the next Manning. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, you know, I saw pictures yesterday of Peyton Manning made a big splash out on the beach throwing a football with his shirt off. Kelly, it reminded me a lot of some of those beach pictures you've shown me of some of your trips to the beach. Well, I, I do uh, tend to walk around with my shirt off. I told you. You know, I won a bodybuilding contest one time where I won most abs. Yeah, and they you, you created a marine alert at one point when you fell asleep on the beach. Am I right about that? Yeah, people kept dumping pitchers of water on me saying, push him back to the water. Where, where's his blowhole? <laughs> All right, Luke is leaving us to go do the Jones game on that note. You're probably glad you're getting out, right, Luke, after that? Yeah. Um, It'll take me a week to get that that image out of my head. Thank you, Kelly. Kelly and I'll be back, we think, on the other side of the break. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back. Glad you're with us uh, on the Eagle Hour. We appreciate you tuning in. This segment sponsored by Hattiesburg Toyota. Great selection of pre-owned new SUVs, cars, and trucks, of course. Some of the best made on the road. They're ready to deal. I guarantee you there's a sales rep right now, standing there right now, That'll make you a great deal on a Toyota if you go to Hattiesburg Toyota. And we appreciate their support of the Eagle Hour. Also want to thank uh, D1 Bat and uh, D1 Training. In fact, we're going to have the manager of D1 Training on the Eagle Hour tomorrow. And we'll be talking about uh, what a big business this has become and how how beneficial training can be for athletes of every age at facilities like 
D1. So we appreciate their support. You know, Kelly Sander, that is that is a big business now, isn't it? They start training kids from the time they're 10 years old, and, and it really never stops. And part of the reason that that, that that type of business has grown to what it is is what we were talking about in the last segment, that schools seem to do everything else now. You know, they, they, they feed kids. They're in charge of educating kids. But, but the only thing... Mm-hmm that they're not doing now is getting kids in shape. And I guess it's only because there's only so many hours in a day, right? Right. So so that's where where things like this are needed. That's where guys step forward here and develop these businesses that if, if schools aren't going to get these kids, you know, in shape, somebody has to. And it's it's going to be a real crisis for our country going forward if if our younger generation doesn't learn to appreciate, you know, good nutrition and staying in shape and being physically fit. Right. All right, we're starting to turn our attention a little bit to hoops because it's getting to be that time of the year. We're very excited about what's happening at Southern Miss with Jay Ladner. We talked about that a little earlier in the show. Coach Ladner's scheduled to be on the Eagle Hour tomorrow, and uh, we're going to have a good long conversation with him about everything, all the great stuff that's happening right now with Southern Miss basketball. We always look forward to Coach Ladner, and uh, we just think he's doing a fabulous job. Monday, we're scheduled to have the former Southern Miss basketball coach, Donnie Tindall, who is now coaching at a junior college in uh, Pensacola, Florida, on the show. That should be interesting, Kelly, to uh, to see, number one, how, how he likes the world of junior college basketball. And I thought Luke had a great question for him, that when he took the job at Southern Miss, what was attractive about that job to him? And uh, so uh, the, the past coach, the present coach, we're going to take a – Really hard look at the Southern Miss basketball over the next couple of programs, and it's interesting too because and and Coach Tyndall even knows this. But when you when you mention Donnie Tyndall's name to basketball people in Hattiesburg, you usually get one of two responses: you get the "Ooh, Donnie Tyndall," or you get "Yeah, Coach Tyndall." Right? You know, and and he knows that. Uh, but and and we have, he talked to Jay Ladner about you know Coach Tyndall coming on the show. He said, "Look, we're great friends." Um, he said that he said Donnie Tyndall uh, started at Southern Miss. We want to continue, and that's to breathe fresh air into the fan base, make basketball exciting, uh, helping understand that fans pay good money to come and be entertained and see a good caliber of basketball. Um, and and he just he credits Donnie Tyndall, you know, for a lot of the rejuvenation that, that is continuing to go on with uh, with Southern Miss basketball. So um, and and. Donnie's got great memories of Hattiesburg, and uh, so it'll be interesting to get to talk to him uh, on Monday with with uh, with Coach Ladner's blessing. So it should should right. be a real good couple of days here on the Eagle Hour. And of course, the basketball program in very good hands right now uh, with Coach Jay Ladner. A couple of minutes left, Kelly. You weren't you weren't on the show earlier when we had Mark Horn and then Patrick McGee, and we were talking about COVID. And Patrick uh, McGee said that he thinks we've just reached a point where we're we're playing high school football and college football for the sake of playing the game. That that the season, I'm paraphrasing, but th- this virus yeah. is just going to wreck the season to a point that it's really not going to be significant what happens in the end. Do you you agree with that? Well, you would think that, you know, once those numbers start to come down, you'd think that that trend would continue. But we see here in the state of Mississippi, what, 1,300 and some cases yeah, today? terrible news. reported yesterday? Terrible news. 1,300. And, you know, you're seeing that the Falcons have shut down their facility. The Tennessee Titans have had problems. 
you, you can't help but think, obviously, that the longer this goes on, the bigger problem it's going to be. And now you've got high school teams. We mentioned West Harrison down on the coast and Summerall in Lamar County. They're not the entire West Harrison football team. The entire team is being quarantined, and Summerall didn't just quarantine their football team. They've completely shut down all fall sports. I mean, all of them. Hmm. You know, cross country, you know, volleyball, anything that takes place you know, in the fall. So that's not good. That's not going in the right direction. No. Um, and I know you know people get upset when people politicize sports. I'm not. I want to politicize sports. I'm just saying, just because. Political officials say it's okay to not wear a mask. Doesn't mean you can't, or okay? that you shouldn't. That's right. It's, right. it's not illegal to continue to wear a mask. Well, um, I think the message, so, Kelly, is please everybody, please wear a mask when you're in public. Socially distance. Use common sense. Think about the people around you because I don't think we're going to get this under control, Kelly, till we're all working on the same page. And and or getting a vaccine. I mean, that's the first of the year. And as great things are happening with Southern Miss basketball, it's an indoor facility. I want to be able to go and see some of the games. Man, and we're both. not going to get to do that until we start behaving. You and me both. Basketball coach Jay Ladner on the Eagle Hour tomorrow. Kelly will be with us as well. We'll look forward. Also, D1 uh, training is going to be on the show. Going to have another great one. We appreciate you tuning in each and every day. And until tomorrow, Southern Miss. To the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.